Okay, that is uh, Fire by Davido. If you're just joining us, it is nine minutes after eight. You're listening to Kai FM 95.9. This is the home of the Afropolitan. And this is Saturday Breakfast with myself, Sutomia, with you for just another hour until nine o'clock. Jenny Chris Williams will be taking over after that, talking all things arts and culture. So joining me in the studio, I'm very excited about this interview. I was just telling um, my guest in studio how excited I am to actually have him in studio because I had been trying for so long to have a chat to him and I couldn't get hold of him uh, when he was... Uh, I think he was. I think it was about a year or two ago when he was uh, not in the country. I'm talking about Chef Wandile Mabaso, who joins me in the studio. So glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. How many years ago were you in France? Wow, this was. I came back last year, June. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess it's been a year back. A year back, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I remember reading an article about you in the paper about this young South African chef who was just making waves and who was um, under the the tutelage of uh, what's his name again, Alan Ducasse. Yes. And I was just so excited, and he was working at this two star Michelin two Michelin star um, restaurant, and I was like, I've got to talk to this guy. I never got a chance to speak to you, so I'm very excited to have you in the studio. So tell us where it all started, because you're from Soweto, right? Yes, born and bred in Soweto. Mm. Uh, obviously, grew up in uh, Joburg, and I think I started cooking at a very young age. I think at ten, yeah, and then at sixteen. Did you start like? Because I know a lot of people when you talk to them, they start in the kitchen with their mothers, their grandmothers, their something. Did you also start cooking like that? Uh, not, not really. But I was always inspired by people that were cooking, whether it was family, whether it was friends' families, whether it was like fish and chip shops. Yeah. So I always found inspiration in that. Uh, and obviously I saw my mother cooking then more than anyone else. So I tried to imitate her and try stuff at the age of 10. And mm. at 16, I was actually cooking Sunday lunches for family. Yeah, seven colors. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, by, by 18, when you have to choose a profession, I had to choose that. Mm. And then I did hotel school and then came back, uh, left the country, came back and did um, a culinary degree. Did you, when you left the first time, did you immediately go into working in restaurants um, overseas or... Uh, yes, yes. I was actually working at a restaurant uh, part-time even here in Joburg. Mm. Um, and then I did my internship on a, on a small cruise uh, in the Mediterranean. So mm. we spent a lot of time in um, in Italy uh, and then the French Riviera. And mm. then in the summer would be in Scandinavia and Russia. Mm. And then there was also good experience. And then obviously came back and then, then did an actual culinary degree. Mm. And then from there, I think, I don't even think I worked um, in kitchens around in Joburg. Really? Yeah, straight while I was in school, I actually then went to uh, Miami. Well, how, how did you make that decision? Was it like a decision that you made that I'm not going to work here in South Africa, I'm going to get my experience elsewhere? Well, at, at first, I mean, when I was out the country at first, I, I saw what was out there mm-hmm. and I was exposed to something uh, that was new and, and bigger than what I had seen obviously in the country. So I knew there was more out there. So I wanted to explore more. Uh, but fortunately, it just happened that uh, there were scouts looking for for young chefs mm. in, in schools. And they, they found me at school and they interviewed us, a few of us, and then I got a job. And then next thing I was in Miami in three months. Yeah? Yeah. And then from Miami? 
then from Miami, I then uh, spent a year and then I decided to leave my agent and move to New York by myself. Uh, well, I always tell people the story of moving there without a job, without a place to stay. And I was going to ask, <laughs> moving to New York, did yeah. you know that I'm going to this place, this is what yeah. I'm going to do? Or you just literally landed there and was like, okay, I'm here to get my American dream? Well, <laughs> so-so. I actually, I actually uh, got a job, uh, which I went for an interview for. And um, unfortunately, I didn't have a place to stay. So I was living in a hostel. Uh, which was a bit uncomfortable. There were seven of us in a room in oh, bunk wow. beds, yeah. you know, and these guys were tourists, so they were having fun, <laughs> yeah. couldn't sleep, you know. So it it affected uh, the job that I had, and unfortunately, I was fired in a week. <laughs> <laughs> so and and it's new. Why were you fired? Were you and like not? No, I was not focused. You yeah. know, during that time, I'd just sneak out and go on the internet to mm. go check my emails if mm. anyone had responded mm. to my request for a place to stay. Mm. So it was very stressful. A new place, especially New York, where things move so quick. You mm. know, so I wasn't so focused. But eventually, I found a place to stay, uh, and then I looked for another job. Started from the beginning, mm. and then. I uh, got into French kitchens where I got uh, classical training in French cuisine. Mm. And I guess uh, fast forward four years in New York, then I was executive sous chef for a French restaurant group, mm. uh, Maison Kaiser. Um, and, you know, after that, I then got an opportunity to work in Paris for, for Alain Ducasse mm. at, uh, at a three-star Michelin. Mm. Three star, I thought it was two, so it's even well, well it, it fluctuates at that time. Yeah. It was three star, right yeah. now it's two star, mm. and, and I think uh, very soon because the ratings come out every year, mm. but it's it fluctuates. But I think the level is three star Michelin. Mm-hmm. Guy, if you're just joining us, it's gone uh, just 15 minutes after eight. You're listening to Kai FM 95.9, and the voice you're listening to is Wandile Mabaso, Chef Wandile Mabaso. And we're just chatting about his career and you know, just his journey through, um, through, through, through food. Uh, starting from where he was born in Soweto, all the way to you talked about you you worked on a, you worked on a cruise ship, you worked in New York, worked in uh, France under a three star Michelin uh, chef. Um, or is it a, is it the chef or is it the restaurant that's awarded the Michelin star? Um, it's it's both. Okay. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, it's both. Okay. Yeah. And then. From there, is that where you decided that because now, obviously in South Africa as well, we were taking note of you while you were away in France. I mean, I swear, like I think I was reading an article about you almost every week <laughs> about this young man that's in France, you know. Is that, was that part of the reasoning that you, you should come back now and, and you know, and be here? Um, yes, I, th- I think for, for a while, Part of the plan was to accumulate as, as much experience as possible mm. and then come back and, and share that knowledge and then create something new. Mm. I guess that was always a plan, but somehow I deviated, you know, I, I almost actually even ended up living in New York. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I think that's, that's part of the reason. But most of all, I think I wanted to do something of my own. Um, because overseas I could work for so many chefs, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm doing what they want me to do. I'm cooking their style, and I'm an employee, mm-hmm. and that's that's something I wanted to get rid of. I never want to be an employee. I want to be a leader. I want to be a thought leader. Yeah. I want to be the one who's building, the one who's 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 setting the trend, the one who's 
who's uh, starting an evolution of something around here. Mm. And obviously, looking at home from from a, an outsider point of view, there's so many uh, gaps that can be filled. Mm. You know, mm. we're still a young country that's growing. There's so many things that we don't have or haven't put out yet that obviously Europe and, and America have been it's doing for, for decades. Aeons ahead. Mm. So, so there's, there's more opportunities here. Uh, that's why I came back. And also just to, just to come back home. Um, but at the same time, I think I'm an, in, I'm an international person. Yeah. And I'll forever be working abroad, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the SA Culinary Club. Because at first I was like, what is it? Is it a restaurant? Is that the name of the restaurant? What, wh- what is it? Well, I would say it's a culinary space. Okay. You know, it's a culinary space. Uh, I wouldn't classify it. I, I don't want it to be classified, actually. I actually want people to wonder what it is. Yeah. You know, up until they come there and they think they understand. <laughs> but and then you'll show them when yeah, you it's, get it's, it's, it's a culinary space. Um, you know, I've, I grew up in restaurants. I've worked in restaurants pretty much all my life. Mm. High-end, low-end, bistro, whichever one, from different countries. Mm. So I didn't want to be classified as a, a, a typical restaurants because mm. I think everyone's following the same formula with restaurants in terms of you sit down, there's a menu, you come back, you like this dish, you come back for it, uh, the waiter serves you, mm. gives you water mm. and you tip and it's and the same leave, routine. Yeah. It's the same routine. So with us, we just created a space and we just come up with different concepts in terms of uh, how to serve our, our guests, you know. So do you have a standard menu or? No, we no. don't have a standard menu. We try and push creativity, uh, which is a big part of, of what we do. Mm. So we change the menu every day, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on what's around, what's fresh. Um, I get about three fishermen, uh, one in Mozambique, one in Durban, about uh, three in Joburg, mm. that give me a call every day telling me what they've caught, what's fresh, what's out. Really? It is, it's and, that yeah. exciting? It's that off the cuff? Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, to a point where I can even, you know, quickly book a flight and, and, and go to Durban, pick up uh, langoustines that just came from Mozambique yeah. and fly back with it and put that on the menu. <laughs> And then we also try to, to, to add a little bit of character into dining. So mm. we, we infuse it with music. We normally have live uh, musicians. Uh, we pair it with music and uh, we always have art involved, visual arts as yes, well. Yeah. So we have different concepts. And uh, one night we'd have a cook and dine where you cook the first course with me. Mm. And then Sundays we'd have like a champagne brunch. Mm. Uh, but everything, with everything being done, the food I think is the star, mm-hmm. and we try to keep it as as high end as possible. Mm-hmm. And I guess for people that would want to experience you, that haven't had a chance and want to do something, you have something very exciting that you are doing called the Le, uh, Le Dinner and Blanc. Yes. Um, what is it? It's a dinner. It's a what is it? Well, Le Dinner and Blanc is the large is the world's largest pop up dinner, mm. pretty much. Um, it started all in Paris uh, I think about 1988 mm. and it trended over to other cities like Montreal and uh, recently it's been brought to Johannesburg and Le Dinan Blanc team has asked me to to collaborate with them mm. um, so this is a huge pop-up on the 29th of September uh, I think we are accommodating up to 1,500 people that is huge yeah, yeah. And this is at a secret location, so nobody knows where this is, but yeah. it's always at an iconic location uh-huh. uh, where everyone is dressed in white. 
and wow. and obviously the purpose of this is to is to gather people around mm. almost in a picnic style you know beginning of summer mm. in a iconic secret outdoor location mm-hmm. and uh, within that we're going to have uh, live entertainment as well mm. um and obviously we've partnered up with with idiom wine we will be providing the wines as well mm. and We've got the uh, One Dilemma Basso experience, mm. which is sort of like a VIP uh, section uh, where we'll accommodate about 10 tables of 10. Mm-hmm. And this is an exclusive one where we'll be creating a four course fine dining dinner, mm. which is also paired with idiom wines. And, mm. and nobody knows about the location, which is, which is the interesting part. Yeah, and and yeah. everyone will be just transported by our partner, which is Khao Train as well. Yeah. Mm. To the secret location and they'll find out when they get there wow it sounds it sounds absolutely amazing and per person because i know you get like a uh, big tables um i think uh, a table of 10 people is about um 7200 rand um but can you book just for two or must you pick like book big tables no you don't have to book big tables mm. uh you normally book in pairs so mm. you book by two mm. just for just for entry level just to be in in the dinner and blanc uh, where you get a table, uh, obviously you come in two, and then there's an e-store that's provided for you where you can actually purchase uh, food items that I've put together, which will be delivered to you uh, at the venue. Oh. Uh, but that that works out to be about $50 a person. It's sold in dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it's about between 600 750 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you purchase in pairs, so you'd be buying a hundred dollars for two people, mm-hmm. and then for for the VIP, uh, you can expect about obviously also with the fluctuation of the of the mm-hmm. dollar and the rand, you're looking at uh, one thousand six hundred. Mm. That's per person, yeah. and this includes the whole VIP experience with the idiom wines, with with the car train, the parking. The entertainment and it's just i think it's a once in a lifetime experience so it's it so that's where you'd want to be you know? that's that's exactly <laughs> where you should be that's where you should be yeah. right because then you're not getting just the food parcel you're actually getting the experience yeah definitely and and if people want to find out more about it or want to register and be invited because you actually have to register first and then mm. you become invited and then you can purchase your ticket oh my god okay <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, and if you don't get invited, it must you be like, what if I send my email and I don't get invited? No, you will get invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> you will, but but you need to register first because yeah. that's that's just how the the process the system works. works. Yeah, that's how the system works. So, if people want to find out more or register, they can go to Johannesburg at dinnerandblank.com. Okay, great. So thank you very much for joining us, um, Wadile. I'm certainly looking forward to uh, Le Dinan Blanc uh, on the 29th. Very exciting. Um, couldn't attend the launch, so I'm even more excited to attend the event. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Soto. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, Stay tuned to Kaya FM for more.